have to thank the Lord for uh, just being there for me this morning as we did our first service. God showed up very powerfully, and I expect that he's going to do the same thing now. Amen? And God is good. He's able to do what he needs to do. I'm just going to wait for the uh, worship team to step down from the altar area. Um, I want to welcome you for, uh, to come today, and I believe that the message today that, that God has put on my heart is just for you. Um, for those that are listening online, I think, um, I believe that God wants to do a series to discover why is it that so many of us uh, during this pandemic have, have not received or have not been awakened to our need of God, or that we are still very much not all that we should be. And so I believe that God has something for us to challenge us today, but also to encourage us on our journey with him. And so the series that I'm going to be doing for the month of July call is called Redo with Jesus. This is part one, Redo with Jesus. Now, I know that when during this COVID-19, I had to face a lot of realities. I had to face that my life had changed quite a bit and that even with this current pandemic, I, you know, I didn't even shop the same way I used to shop. I don't eat the same way I used to eat. I don't work the way I used to work before. Just everything, my perception of life, everything that has happened to me because of the pandemic, from the beginning, I started realizing that God was trying to get my attention. And I think all of you know that I have said this from the beginning, the week before, before the pandemic, before the lockdown, God had given me Exodus 14, 14, where it says, I will fight for you. All you will need is to be still. Now, I understood that the being still had nothing to do about doing nothing. It had something else, uh, you know, and God had caused me to discover many things as I was waiting upon him to show me what it was. But then when I started studying the word be still, it brought me to a very popular verse that we hear quite a bit and we quote quite a bit. It's uh, Psalm 4610, where it says, be still and know that I am God. Now, this was not a suggestion for us to rest in in who he was, because all of us as children of God should have this knowledge of who God is. But it was actually not even in a time of relaxing, because I've heard a lot of people, oh, I love the pandemic, I was on, on vacation, when really, truly, I truly believe that God was trying to get our attention, that there was something that he was bringing out for us. And actually, when you look at this verse, the context of this verse is that the Solomon was reading, uh, writing this verse under the uh, a place of being in war or in trouble. And so they were in a time of war, and he says, be still and know that I am God. And when you break down the word, be still, it means to cease striving and to stop fighting. Now, I realized that God wanted me to actually wake up and stop fighting what he was trying to do in my life and to cease striving in my flesh to try to control or put all of this in a box. My default is to fix the problem. I'm a task-oriented leader, and there was nothing in the pandemic that let me actually uh, succeed in that default. I was forever coming against a wall because there was nothing that I could do to change. God was sovereign. I understood that. I understood he was in control, but I was having issues with how do I navigate all of the uncertainties? How do I actually tap into what God is trying to show me? And so this verse was telling me, Mona, cease 
from walking and striving in your flesh. Nothing in your flesh will get you through what's about to come. He was also telling me to stop fighting him when he was speaking to me. Now, it wasn't not a, a moment where I said, yay, I'm fighting God. No, I realized that I had issues, that I needed to actually go after these things. We know, according to scripture, that God uses every trials, every hardship, and that he can bring good from it. Only the God that we follow can do that. But you see, there is also, too, that stipulation that we need to allow him to do what he's doing in the midst of our trials. And that's why I started understanding that God was asking me in this time where all the uncertainty, where there's absolutely nothing that could be predicted, they call this event a black swan event. We have gone through many events. We went through the 2008 crash. And if you go through all the different, you know, 9-11, all of these events. And so you could have predicted many things of, you know, how things are going to go. You, you can fore, foretell a few things. But when you call it a black swan, that means that everything is uh, up in the air. There's really nothing that could be predicted. And I think we're foolish into thinking that we can. And so for me, the question in this time and place right now was God was asking me and directing me, will you follow me if I show you what to do? This pandemic was a wake-up call to all of us. Many things were exposed that I know in many of the families that are actually running in chaos right now. Everything that was there before the pandemic is, you know, we have a good way of hiding things, don't we? Well, all of a sudden, the pandemic puts us all together and takes away everything that hides things. And you come face to face with some things that you probably did not like. And so I know that this pandemic brought up in the surface many things. And for me, there was a question. There was a question that I needed to go to God to find out. And God was asking me every day, would you let me lead you? Would you stop fighting me on the things that I am showing you? Would you try to stop going to your default? Don't refuse what I'm about to show you, the instructions I'm going to give you to navigate through this storm. See, Tim Delina said this several weeks ago. I listened to a message. He said, he will always tell you, God, that's what he's talking about. God will always tell you the way you should go. You see, by default, we're children of God. God will always speak to us. Now, unfortunately, many of the times we don't hear him because we're so busy with everything else. But he says, God will always tell you the way you should go, but he will not make you go. He's given us a free will. And so many times we actually have a choice in all of the things that are happening. So in my case, God was saying, are you going to cease trying to put this in the box? Are you going to cease trying to control these things? Are you going to stop striving in your flesh or fighting against what I'm asking you to do? And I could always continue doing it my way or I could choose to do it God's way. Now, Andrew Murray says this, all failure in a Christian walk is due to the secret trust of self. This brought me to why I decided that I wanted to do this series called Redo with Jesus. So what is redo? This is what it is. It's a new attempt and an opportunity to do something after a previous attempt has been unsuccessful and unsatisfactory. 
And so God was giving me, uh, he was using the pandemic to bring things up. And he was asking me, I'm giving you an opportunity to, to do this again, but in a different way, especially in order to correct it and to improve it. Now, I've heard a lot of stories going on where marriages are so broken at this point. There's no communication. There's a lot of healing that needs to be done. But you keep on doing the same thing with the same results. And the redo will require that God, he's asking us to listen to him. He says, I want to do this again with you, but I want to do it a different way to correct it and to improve it. And I, I understood that the whole gospel message was about that. It was about the hope of change that Jesus has brought to us. You know, he's done all of the work and we get all the benefits. And that's why we can see that, you know, when we need to change and transform, we need to recognize that God is the God of second chances. He's the God that comes and gives us what we need. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I realize that many, many of us, many as children of God, a lot of things have not passed away. We still do the same thing we've done five years ago. We still respond to the same stressors. We still don't want to love as we should or forgive as we should. So a lot of things have not passed. And so God says, I want to give you a redo in your attitude, in your actions, and in your circumstances, but will you let me? Now, unfortunately, when we're given an opportunity for a redo to do something again in a different way, we most of the time go back to our self-help resources. We will go to do what we do best to protect ourselves. We'll go to our own defaults, our faulty thinking, our coping mechanism, instead of trusting God to take these events and transform us into what we're supposed to be transformed as. This event in God's hand could change all of us. He can do the impossible. This pandemic did not surprise God, but it did surprise us. And many of us faced with financial uh, difficulties, with emotional difficulties, uh, mental difficulties. And if we have known it and seen it, we understand because it's a black swan event, that means that nothing actually will fall into place as the months go on. It's a, actually, it's a time for us to realize that now is not the time to think that everything has gone back to normal because it hasn't. Most countries are in a recession at this particular moment and might get into difficulties in bringing back the country back to its place. It might take years and it might not even happen. That's why it's called a black swan event. It cannot be predicted and it cannot be foretold. And so what do we do in this moment? What is God asking us to do in this particular moment. I truly believe that he's asking us to stop going and ceasing the fight that we have with him when he's telling us to go a direction and we don't want to do it. I think he's telling us stop striving in your flesh to accomplish something that only is going to be unsuccessful and unsatisfactory. I think he's telling us it is time to look back to him. So I believe that God wants to bring change in our life. And redos are about God, uh, about, uh, God being a God of second chances. But God is not only a God of second chances. He is the God of another chance. 
and another and another, and I'm a testimony of it. This is good news because most of us mess up the second chance pretty quickly. One of the amazing facets of God's character is this incredible patience he has for us. Psalm 86.15 says this, But you, O Lord, you are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so the question for us today is that if we're looking for a redo, to redo something that will actually bring change and transformation, will we cease striving? We will, see, will we cease fighting against him? See, the Bible is full of people who receive second chances, and even third and fourth, and we can see it throughout all of the scriptures. We have Peter, Jonah, Mark, Samson, David, and many others. They are all trophies of God's grace. This morning, I want to speak of a woman that was called Rahab, and if by any chance I call her Rehab, please give me patience because I did that this morning several times. But you know, God is in the rehab service and he can restore and refurbish and do all the great things that he does. But now we're talking about Rahab. <laughs> I had to think about that word. So let me show you God's ability to take someone's life and redo the course of her life. This woman had already set in motion many things. Now, Hebrews 11.31 says this, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now, for those that don't know who Rahab is, the story begins in Joshua 2. Is the Israelites were about to cross over the Jordan. They had already been in the Canaan land, but now they need to cross over to actually go into the land. And Joshua sent two spies. This is what we see in Joshua 2.1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. Now, for those who don't know this story, Rahab was an innkeeper who sadly found other ways to bring in revenues, and her other ways was prostitution. Now, we quickly realized that she was not only a prostitute, she was a liar, and she was in the business of actually doing things she shouldn't have been doing. But God, in his infinite mercy and almighty power, chooses her to bring her uh, to bring her as part of help for his people. You see, they're about to come against Jericho. Jericho was a big walled city, and it looked impenetrable. I can't say that. You can't penetrate it. And, and so there was a whole bunch of soldiers. People were looking. But what you needed to understand is that stories were actually bring, being brought about about the Israelites. Now, they heard about what happened in the desert. They, they heard about what happened in the Red Sea. They heard all of the things that God had done. And so Rahab understood this. She heard it, and she recognized her need for God, for this God of Israel. She trusted him for the righteousness she could not produce in herself. And she knew that she could only be saved from the coming destruction if only she went to this God. 
So when the two spies arrived in her home, she acted on what she knew, what, was, what she saw was true, what she had heard. Now, you got to understand, she's in a mess. They're about to come and to invade her people. And yet, this is what she says to the two spies in uh, Jer- uh, Joshua 2. It says, I know the Lord has given you the land and that the, that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all of the inhabitants in the land melt away before you. For the Lord your God, he, he is God in heavens above and the earth uh, beneath. So here we are. She's faced with these two spies and these two spies, they, she tells them, I know you guys are the answer for me. You are the answer for my salvation. You, can you actually save my family? So here he, she is with this, these two spies, understanding she brought them in. And though other people saw them go into her inn, and so they sent the king's men to go and tell her to bring these spies out. They demanded that she handed the spies back to him, and she lies to them and tells them they have, they have gone and tells them, quickly go, and sends them another direction. But the reality is, is those two spies were hidden in her roof, on her roof. So before the spies left, she confronts them and tells them and asks them to save her and her family. And the spies do so in in Joshua 2, uh, 12 to 14. You need to go and read it. What happens is that they give her instructions. They say, go and get your family. Tell them to come in your house, to stay in your house. If anybody anybody comes out of your house, they will die with everybody else in the city. Keep them in your house. These are the instructions we give you. Let a scarlet robe go down your window, which we're going to use to go down and make sure you tell no one. And she tells them, I will not tell anybody. And they say to him, to her in return, your life for my life, my life for your life, which that means that they said nothing will, do, will, will come to you. No harm will come to you. We're giving you our word. And so here she is with clear instructions. She brings her family in, puts the scarlet rope on the window, and she waits. Now, we know, according to scripture, they say that Rahab uh, became a central strategic figure of courage as she helped the Israelites to enter into the promised land and to subdue her own people. Whenever the army of Israel, and the army of Israel entered in Canaan, Rahab acted according to the prearranged plan and hung out that scarlet cord from the window in her establishment, causing her and her family to be saved from the coming destruction. Whatever Rahab was before Israel crossed into this land, she became someone new in the promised land. This is what the promises of God says, that whenever God is permitted to come in, you become someone new. And that is what redo is all about. And so this is what redo was all about for her. The promise was a promise of change, a promise of a new life, new strength, new hope. Rahab received or redo because she responded first to who God was. She was told to follow instruction, which she did, and she took action. From this moment on, she was not remembered for who she was, a prostitute, but she was remembered because of her remarkable transformation in her life. This is the power of God that we're talking about.
But this is not even the end of the story. You need to see what God has done to use her miraculously in the years to come. Let me show you what her redo looked like. Uh, Rahab's faith in God engrafted her in ha- into a new family. This woman who was a harlot became a godly wife and a mother of Israel. And she and her husband became a parent of a boy named Boaz. And then that boy one day would marry a widow, a woman called Ruth. Then became God who then she became what God wanted her to become and she wore all he worked all things together for her and in the process of all this because she was humble and unlikely God used her and raised her up to become a great great grandmother of King David not only that from the line of Rahab came the Messiah of Israel and the savior of the world our God, our King, Jesus. Do you know when you look at the genealogy, there was only five women mentioned? As long. Have you ever seen the genealogy in Matthew? Five women were mentioned out of all of it, and Rahab was one of them. I don't know about you, but the promise of redo is there. It's solid with God. So if you are asking God, can you do the redo in my life personally? What about my marriage? What about my children? Can you do this? You only have to look to to Rahab. God forgave and gave her a part of history that would never be extinguished. Rahab is the ever-present message to God, to you, from God to you today. Lamentations 3, 23 says this. Through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When we see God's mercy and when they are new every day, that's why we can pick up. We can get up in our failings. We can get up in our mistakes. God's mercy is his compassion towards us even when we deserve punishment. His mercy is his commitment to restore us, even though we deserve endurance, uh, we deserve to endure the consequence of our sin and our mistakes. But because of his mercy and because of his steadfast love, he never lets us. And yet he recovers and redoes. He brings back what he needs to bring back to restore. His covenant of love expressed at the point of our greatest foolishness. I don't know about you, but when I came face to face with all that God was showing me, I realized that even in my greatest foolishness, God was able to actually get to give me a redo. So how did Rahab get her redo? The first thing is she acknowledged God for who he was. I realized I couldn't put things in a box because I didn't have to. God is sovereign. No matter what's going to happen in the days to come, I need to remember that he is sovereign. And so she acknowledged him. I acknowledged him. I also acknowledged my condition. And I was real with my reality that I was struggling. And I had stressors that I never knew that I, I, that I, never knew that I was using the flesh to help me get through the stressors. I realized that I needed to be honest and didn't cover anything. I didn't cover what I was going through. I was real with that. And then I took action. I took action as she had took action. She did what the Lord had asked her to do. I did exactly what the Lord had asked me to do. 
She took a step of faith. I took a step of faith. Now, Sproul says this. True faith has to make a choice. God's way or your way. God's way or our way. Rahab, she took God's way. She made a choice. You see, any time that God brings us and exposes things in our lives, and I believe the pandemic was about that, was to expose the reality of where you were with God. You see, he is not angry. He needs you to understand that today was about you knowing that he wanted to give you a chance to redo and to undo or do something over again differently to bring correction and to realign you. And this is what Psalm 32, 8 and 9, it shows us two ways we can deal with different things. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel you and watch over you. And so this is one of the things that we can do when we are confronted and exposed with our heart attitudes. Have you been there? And, and or thoughts that really don't even line up to the Lord or just actions you know you just you know you're just outright nasty you know it's just like you kind of know no one has to tell you you're impatient you're irritable you're not loving and you know God will expose that and when he exposes that's when we need to do exactly what Rahab did acknowledge it be honest God I'm in trouble I don't know why I'm acting like this I don't know why this is happening teach me show me your way give me counsel or we can do verse 9 and we can be like this. Do not, li- do not be like the horses and the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by the bit, uh, bridle, or they will not come to you. See, a lot of times, many of us don't have our redos. Many of us don't get restoration in our marriage and in our, in our own life. It's not because God has changed his mind. No, God can't. He's a solid rock when he says something, therefore it is. But I truly believe that it's the way that we respond to what God is asking us to do. Maybe God is asking you to forgive someone the unforgivable. Last time I checked, if God could forgive me, then he can give me the strength to forgive those that have done things to me. Maybe God is asking you to be more patient and gracious with people who actually are very nasty to you at this particular moment. Maybe God is asking you to let go of your fear and your anxiety and trust him to actually navigate you through this storm. There are many things that God might be asking you, but this is what the redo is all about, what you need. It's called actually the same thing that we used a few years ago through a course called The Aha Moment by Kyle Eidemann. AHA challenges us to, uh, it's not to find ways to uh, change ourselves. You know, that's what we do. We go to ourself to try to change things. It really is unsatisfactory. It's unsuccessful. It's to seek and encounter God in ways that allow him to change us. Many are here who have not experienced the redos because they're too busy holding on and keeping in control. God will direct you, but he will not make you go. This will be your decision. If you want to follow and submit and obey to what he's showing you, it'll be your choice. We need to remember the aha is a spiritual experience that brings about supernatural change. When I say supernatural change, we can bring about a lot of change, but most of the time it's not long-lasting. When it's supernatural, it's long-lasting. When you see something change with me, usually you will see it progress, and you'll see it grow and mature. 
That's supernatural. It is a sudden recognition that leads to an honest moment that brings lasting change. You see, Rahab recognized that moment. Have you recognized that moment? Rahab recognized and took action. She wasn't fooled by the walls of Jericho. She knew that Jericho couldn't keep her safe. So she followed, she submitted, and even though she had no evidence of them keeping their word, she trusted the God that they followed. Aha always has three ingredients, a sudden awakening, a brutal honesty, and immediate action. When God's word and the Holy Spirit bring these three together in your life, you will experience a redo. It's a God moment that changes everything. I believe the pandemic has given us so many moments, so many opportunities, and we just slid right by them. We slid right by them. Or we went back to what we do that doesn't work. And today... God, as much as the, 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 the destruction, the coming destruction to Rahab pointed her back to God, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Has the pandemic and all that is all part of that, what has it done for you? Has it brought you back to that place of being awakened, knowing that in your own strength, you fighting God on this has only caused you greater damage? God has sounded the alarm with this pandemic, and he wants to give all of us a redo. He wants to restore our homes, restore our marriage, restore our bodies. He wants to rebuild the broken lives that we see day in and day out. But you must first recognize your need of him. That's where humility comes into play. That's when you just let go. You have to stop being a mule. That's what God was telling me. Stop being the mule, Mona. You know, I, I'm never going to quit on you. And I, I want to do a redo. I want to show you how to navigate this uncertainty. I want to show you how to be dependent on something much bigger than yourself. I want to show you how to go through suffering like you've never did before. But you will have to actually listen to my instructions and you will have to follow. So he was asking me, can you let me lead? Can you follow me as I speak? Can you be honest as you go? Because, you know, the reality is this. Hebrews 4.13, and I'm finishing off with this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Everything. You see, that's why I'm not even afraid in my worst moments. Because he is so steadfast in his love that he won't use my bad moments against me. No, he will call me to that place of redo, of restoration. See, the cost of refusing God's will is very costly. It will cost you the experience of a redo. Psalm 138.8 says this, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. It is an impossibility for God to abandon his children because of what he has done through Jesus.
But what the psalmist is saying is that because he understands that God is steadfast in his love, it doesn't matter what we go through. Remember, God will show you, but he will not make you go. Today we heard that God can and will give us opportunities for redos. Do you have, you need a redo for yourself? You need God to restore things, some thoughts and attitudes that are just dragging you down, that are causing you to do things you shouldn't be doing. Do you need to be rebuilt in the knowledge of God's love? Do you need to start trusting him again? In the next several weeks, we're going to go after the different reasons why redos don't work, don't happen to us. We're going to see what hinders our abilities to be transformed. And you'll come to the conclusion at the end of July that it had nothing to do with God. God has already settled the issue. He wants to bring transformation from inside out. So if you want restoration and change, I'm here to tell you that God can do it for you. But there will be a time where you will have to follow instructions. You will have to follow his voice and his ways. And when you do, you will experience your redo. I started this pandemic depleted. I'm coming out of this pandemic full again. I realized that God had to do a deep work in me so that I can go forward because you see, there's an assignment for me to come and I need to be ready for that. And I know that without him as my anchor, I can't do it. And so that's why I said to God, go after every attitude that causes me to be a mule. I want to hear and listen to your instructions. I want to obey your counsel because I want to be free. I want my redo. And the beautiful thing is that I don't have to wait for anybody for my redo. I can just go to God. The redo is yours. By his grace, he is speaking to you today. Don't leave discouraged. Leave knowing that if God has already showed you something, acknowledge, be honest with that, and take action. That means he's already showed you how to get out. Take action. And God will do what he said he will do. He will correct and realign our path one more time. Amen.